1: underway hello and welcome to another episode of strong side fridays here at the action network podcast i'm your host brandon anderson here with raheem palmer as always on a friday getting you ready for a little week 14 action week 14 we still got a few bye weeks left this week a little odd into december at this point but man, we are hitting the home stretch. It's going to be playoffs before we know it. Are you excited that we're getting there, Raheem? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm, I'm
2: actually, as we're moving forward, I'm excited that we're going to get some Saturday NFL games next week. I think that's the, probably one of the most exciting parts of the season for me as college football season ends. we
1: got to close out this NFL
2: season strong. We got five weeks left. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, we get some good ones too. Saturday, normally it seems like the. They treat Saturday games a little bit like those Thursday nights. Like, that's kind of sneak a few teams on there like, yeah, you guys like football, right? Here, have the Houston Texans, you know. But I think we actually get Patriots-Colts next Saturday. It was a pretty big one coming. So we'll come back to that one, I know, when we get to our look ahead later. Normally, as you know, we do three games on today's podcast, getting you ready for the weekend, and then get our best bets in there. However, we actually really like four games this week. And our best bets are all in those games. So we're just going to dive in on four games. You get a little bonus preview today. Actually, there's a fifth game. Rams-Cardinals, also a good one we want to look at. But that one's Monday. Raheem and I will preview that one on our Monday podcast before that game. So if you're wondering where that one is, come back on the Monday podcast. Before we get into it today, just a reminder, like usual, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Make sure to get the app, and let's jump into it. The Buffalo Bills heading to Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big week for Buffalo. Short week for Buffalo. They're just coming off that game Monday night against the Patriots. Weird throwback football game. For you, is there one takeaway for the Bills as you think about, okay, what did we learn from that team going forward about this game? I just think they had
2: some bad luck in that game. Look, they got into the red zone multiple times, and they couldn't punch it in. And I think that was the game. The page, I mean, obviously, they can't stop the run. That's something that we knew. But at the end of the day, the offense has got to punch it in.
1: Yeah, that's about what I thought as well. It, it seemed like a game, if you played it multiple times in that setting, I think the Bills win the game more than they lose. So I don't really come away super worried for it. Like You think, oh, it's been the game you waited for all season, off the bye week, at home, for the division, and you blew it. Eh, it's not really that takeaway. I don't think either of us are seeing that. And so it's you know, it's not like the sky is falling for Buffalo. This is a big game, though, because if they lose in Tampa, they do fall to 7-6, and six, and there's a lot of AFC congestion there. They would be in a little bit of trouble of missing the playoffs. So my next question, then, all season long, we've talked about this game almost every week. We've talked about, okay, Bucks build, that's coming. It's maybe that MVP showdown. Tom Brady and Josh Allen have been going kind of head-to-head all season for most of the year, finally not now after Monday. The Bills have been the AFC favorites. The Bucks are the NFC favorites. Right now, the Bucks are plus 500 to win the Super Bowl at MGM. The Bills are plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. Are you looking at either one of those teams as we hit the home stretch here? I'm not necessarily looking at the Bills because I, I don't think they've necessarily impressed me too
2: much this year. But I do think the Bucks are live to, to make it to the Super Bowl. I think they can hang with anybody. And obviously, they've had some defensive injuries all season long. The
1: only issue this team has had is playing on the road. So Bucks are at home, minus three and a half, minus three still at a few books against the Bills. It's a short week for Buffalo. They're traveling to Tampa. We know the Bucs have been way better at home this season. How much do you make of that home field advantage in this game? I'm not making much of it at all. Like, look, I like Buffalo in this game.
2: Buffalo is in a, a great spot. My model makes this game a pickup. The Buccaneers secondary is still banged up. Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunton, they both left Sunday's game. And while they could play, this is still a secondary that could be passed on. One of the things we know about Buffalo is they don't have a good run game. They're willing to pass the ball all the time. So I think this is a spot which Josh Allen can thrive. Like, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So a lot of the focus, I think, will be on, on that other side. We get the Bucks' offense, number one by DVOA. So they've been the best all season by, you know, adjusting for strength of schedule. Got yeah, the Bills defense, number one by DVOA, and especially number one against the pass. So that's just strength against strength. Even the run attack and run defense is both really good. But yeah, I think that what will tell the story of this game, the Bucks are going to score a little bit. They're probably not their usual high score, but they're better at home. I do think that matters a little bit. But yeah, the matchup of Buffalo's offense against Tampa's defense, that's what intrigues me because in both of those cases, the numbers are down a little bit. Like, if you look by EPA, expected points added, we're kind of seeing, okay, what, what are these teams doing lately? Over the last six weeks, Bill's offense by EPA, only 18th in the NFL. So, basically, about league average. Bucks defense, only 17th. So, they're, they're kind of mirroring each other in falling back toward the middle of the pack. Bill's offense really actually have negative EPA during that stretch. So, I think kind of what I thought Monday night, which is the Bills can win – if Josh Allen does it and Josh Allen could have done it Monday, he had a few throws. He, he looked pretty good. Clearly they trusted him with the big arm to make those throws. He's going to have to do it. And I don't know if I trust him too. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't think that game was on him. I think some of the play calling was a little disturbing. They, they ran a little bit too much. I, I thought they should have been a little bit more aggressive at times when they had the wind towards their back. Like obviously they can't run the ball and this matchup you're going to see josh allen just being aggressive i really like this spot for them one, one, one of the trends i found interesting is that josh allen is actually 15 and eight against the spread as a as an underdog throughout his career i think if you look at the other side of the ball even without Serdavius white this is still a defense which is first in DBOA, fifth in pass rush win rate the the bucks aren't really this power running team so i'm going with
1: buffalo here the three and a half is, is way too high i think he got a chance to win this game outright to be honest This is where Tredavious White, where he really, this is where his absence is really going to come into play. Like, look, against the Patriots, we already talked about, that wasn't going to be the game where they really missed White. The Patriots don't have any big physical go-to receivers. And certainly when you pass three times all game, you don't really miss your star cornerback. Now it's Mike Evans, it's Chris Godwin, and it's Tom Brady who looked like he was faltering, but looked really sharp last week, plays much better at home, I think that that's going to be a problem and the Bucks are going to, you're going to pass the ball. They're going to be able to move on this defense. We know too, that Buffalo has been a high variance team and they've struggled against the top defenses and dominated the really bad teams. Well, the Bucs are a little better defense and certainly not a bad team offensively. So I get it. I understand the, the liking the bills here. Tom Brady is 35, 14, and six against the spread as a one-score favorite at home. 71% cover right there. And Bruce Arians is 67% against the spread and toss-up spread. So if you can get this at three, it's moving off of three at a lot of books. I like it a lot at three for Tampa. Past three to three and a half, four, I think, yeah, we're losing the value. We missed the key number. And we've seen a lot of these road dogs cover. So I may be more cautious there. I feel good about Tampa winning certainly better than you do. I don't think it's a coin flip. The Bucs have kind of faced the
2: easy schedule in terms of defenses. Like, they've only faced one defense, which ranks top 13 in pressure rate, and that was the Cowboys. The Buffalo Bills are first in NFL in pressure rate, and they don't have to blitz a ton at all. We all know one of the ways to get to Brady is to deliver some pressure. Tom Brady is 16th in passer rating when he's under pressure
1: compared to second in passer rating when he's not under pressure. I think that's huge. I Actually, I trust Tampa's offensive line. Tristan Wurst and those guys at the front, they've really kind of been the, the real MVP of that team this season. So I think they can protect Tom. I think the home field does matter here. I think Tredavious White is a big loss. Let's go to my favorite game on the slate, San Francisco in Cincinnati. I talked about this one on the look ahead. I grabbed San Fran plus two and a half, took them again at plus two on Sunday night in the hot read. I said the Niners would be favored by the end of the week. They are favored now. So San Fran minus one on the road in Cincinnati. The line has been moving that way. Money's coming in on San Francisco. Here's my question. If you look at these offense, the defense on both sides, what one unit do you feel best about on the field in this game?
2: I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's the San Francisco 49ers offense. Obviously, you got George Kittle back. Debo, Debo Samuel may or may not play. But when you look at this Bengals team, they really haven't faced many top offenses. Like before last week's game against the Chargers, they had only faced one offense, which was in the top half of the NFL and EPA per play, and that was the Packers in week five. And we saw what the Chargers did to them last week. They were one of the top offenses in the league. Now you have the number one ranked offense at EPA per play over the last six weeks facing this Bengals team. And then – so it's just like I think they have a huge edge over this over this, over this, this Bengals defense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I agree that the Niners' offense I think is definitely the best unit on the field. Number one, EPA, not just by a little, by far. Their EPA is 50% higher than every other team in the NFL except the Cardinals and the Eagles. So that is a huge margin. Jimmy Garoppolo, number one in EPA at quarterback, number one in EPA plus completion over expected. Uh, so – they're hitting all the metrics right now. And I know that the response to that might be like, yeah, well, but they're missing Debo Samuel, this electric receiver playmaker, and they might be missing Elijah Mitchell. I think that that's missing the point a little bit. San Francisco is doing this not because of Debo and Elijah. They're not doing it in spite of them, but it's George Kittle. It's Trent Williams, especially who have dominated and it's Cal Shanahan. It's the play calling and the system, the line, the blocking, you know, the fullback that whole thing, Kyle can find somebody else. Kyle can let Ayuk make some plays or find another running back. It's not those star players like it would be with other teams. It's the system. It's that line. It's the dominance up front. And Cincinnati's defense, too, in those same six weeks where San Fran has been number one EPA, Cincinnati pass defense, number 31 EPA. So I know that we don't like to trust Garoppolo too much, but they've, they've been getting gashed by some big plays down the field. We saw Kittle make some really big plays last week. I love San Francisco in this spot all week. I, I still like them, even as a favorite here. I think there's a lot of value left. And I think also the elephant in the room is Joe Burrow. He dislocated his pinky finger on his
2: throwing here, And what's the impact on him going forward in that situation? And then, obviously, you got guys like Fred Warner coming back to the lineup. So –
1: I, I like San Francisco. I, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm with you on San Francisco. I still like them at minus one. I think there's still a lot of value there. Also, the Bengals have been a little overcommitted to the run game, and the run game really hasn't been super successful in recent weeks. And San Francisco's run defense has been one of the best in leagues in this stretch as well. So especially with that Burrow injury, more likely to try to run the ball, keep that, you know, electric, lately, Niners offense off the field. I'm not sure if that's going to work. And the Bengals aren't getting those big plays anymore. The chunk plays down the field. Um, I know this line is at minus one. It feels to me like this game might not actually be close. Like the Niners could just really put their imprint on this game and run away with it. So we're both on the Niners there. Uh, Obviously, you can't get those road trends we talked about anymore, but we like them a lot.
0: The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4,700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, one 800 270 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show.
1: Our last two games are both big division rivalry games. So I want to talk about the division on both of these. Starting the NFC East. So Dallas goes to Washington. And this division, we've got basically these teams pretty pretty much are playing a round robin against each other the rest of the season. Like it's almost exclusively division games in the NFC East. So the Cowboys right now are at eight and four. They're two games up on Washington, but Washington plays both Dallas games still. So Washington actually controls their destiny. If if they win out, they win the division. So I know you're a Cowboys fan. And we've both been high on Dallas all season. Dallas is minus 650 to win the division right now. Washington plus 750. Eagles are plus 1,000. Do you think the NFC race is still open, the NFC East race, or is this still Dallas? I think this is still Dallas is the win. And
2: part of my reasoning for that is how I feel about Dallas this week. The Cowboys open as five-point favorites. Obviously, there's Mr. Sharp wanting to take it down, but I don't agree with the line move. I think Dallas is rightfully favored in this game it should win if they pick up this win against washington i think that sets this team back almost too far so i mean what are your thoughts
1: yeah i'm with you and it's the exact same thing i like dallas a lot in the spot and if dallas does win here now it's a real you know we said washington can control their destiny now if you lose this one this is the one you have to get to be able to keep that going i looked into the eagles a little bit i really like the eagles right now but they're actually at, they're on bye this week and they already have seven losses. So they are three losses behind Dallas and it, it's, it's a tough road ahead. They basically need to win out and beat Dallas as one of those and get another couple Dallas losses in there. So I'm not sure that the division is as open as it appears to be. I think two Dallas is the team that we're, we continue to be. We, the media, the way that we're talking about them, we continue to be behind by a few weeks you know, it took everyone a long time to say, wow, Hey, the Cowboys are actually really good. They really belong at the top of the NFC. And now they've kind of stunk or kind of been mediocre over the last month. And it seems like everyone has quickly written them off. I'm not really sure that they should have. So, you know, Dallas has lost three of five. They had that ugly game against the chiefs where they couldn't score. They laid an absolute egg in Denver. Couldn't do anything. They lost on Thanksgiving how worried are you about this kind of funk that the Cowboys seem to be in right now? I think a lot of their funk has to do with health more than anything else. Obviously, you have
2: Tyron Smith missing time. You got C.D. Lamb missing time. You got Maury Cooper missing time. On the defensive side of the ball, you had DeMarcus Lawrence missing time. Randy Gregory missing time. Dak Prescott missed some time. I think, like, even this week, Ezekiel Elliott is going to miss. I mean, he's mispracticed much of this week. So it's just like, I think a lot of it has to do with health. And when this team is healthy, you're going to see this team roll. This is probably the healthiest this Cowboys team has been in a while. So I really like them in this spot. Washington, they're a cute story. They've had some positive regression over the last couple of weeks. But outside of the Buccaneers, who have struggled on the road as we mentioned before, they defeated the Panthers with a washed up Cam Newton. They defeated the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson in his finger. They defeated a Raiders team, struggled to score against pretty much everybody except for the Cowboys. So it's like one of the big things in this matchup is the Cowboys defense. You got DeMarcus Lawrence back. You got Randy Gregory back. These are two guys that ranked fourth and 13th in pressure rate. I think they can cause some problems for this Washington football team who is really kind of banged up everywhere.
1: Yeah, we are in exact alignment on what we think on both of these teams. I agree that was my that was the setup on the Dallas question. I think that this funk is no funk at all. I think it's just injuries. You're missing your best players. You're not going to play that well. Terrence Smith missed three games. You didn't even mention the Dak Prescott injury who missed a game. And then, you know, it takes a while to get back into things. And by the way, his leg was in like 14 pieces a year ago. Like That's still part of the thing coming back from it as well. So I'm not that worried. Dallas looks good. The numbers have been good. They've been good all year. They're healthy. These guys are all back now. Dak is fine, looked good last week. Karen Smith is playing. The receivers are there. And I agree on Washington too, that the talk right now is like, Oh, Washington four game win streak. Like they're the team. No one wants to face right now. I'm pretty fine facing Washington right now. You know, like, like that, So they beat Seattle, Vegas, and Carolina on essentially coin flip games. They won by two, two, and four. And those are not good teams. Like, I don't think any of those teams are in the playoffs is it really impressive to win three close coin flip games against non-playoff teams? I think that's actually unimpressive. I think actually we should think less of Washington for struggling so much against three eh, teams. And the numbers suggest that too. So we talk about DVOA a lot. This time of the year, it's important to look at weighted DVOA. So that's kind of putting more stock into the recent games. And you would think the way that these teams are playing, Washington's weighted DVOA should be much higher lately because look how good they've been. For the season, Washington is number 21 in DVOA. Not that good. Not a playoff DVOA. Their weighted DVOA is 22nd. They drop in a weighted DVOA because we're taking in the strength of schedule there, and they're not playing that well against these very average-looking teams. We just got some really breaking news Ooh. from this very
2: game. Tony Powell actually told reporters today that he tore his left. Plainter Fascia during his Ooh. touchdown run against the Saint, and he's going to be a game time decision. So, does that impact
1: your thoughts on the Cowboys in this matchup? I mean, it doesn't help. Tony Pollard's been really good this year, and t- that doesn't impact my read here. That does impact my feel on the Cowboys long term. He's been that you know the speed factor with him is what makes him so great, and that uh, like that makes me feel not great about him just the rest of the season. That feels like an off season recovery sort of thing to me, but. Uh, you know, Washington is about their horrible pass defense. Both their star pass rushes are out. They're 30th in pass in secondary rating. So all the better, if Zeke is banged up and Pollard is out or limited, great. Throw the ball to the receivers. You're going to throw all over this defense. Like I might actually like them a little better from that. Dak Prescott too, 19 and eight against the spread and division games. 70% cover rate. This is the game where after Sunday, everyone's like, oh, hey, yeah, that's right. The Cowboys are really good. This is the get-right game where Dallas looks good. I'm not too worried about Pollard, are you? Yeah, I'm not too worried about
2: Pollard. Just It's pretty clear that the Cowboys actually needed a running back. They just actually just signed Edo Smith um, from the Falcons. So a lot of times when you see some of these roster moves, it makes yeah. it clear that one of these two guys between Elliott or Pollard, they're going to be fine.
1: All right, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before we get to our last game. All right, Baltimore in Cleveland. We just watched this game two weeks ago on a Sunday night. Honestly, we wish we hadn't. That was an awful game to watch. I think there was a stretch of like five minutes of gameplay where we had four or five turnovers. Lamar Jackson turned it over, four interceptions. Ugly game, but the Ravens got that win. Cleveland took the week off. We get this weird scheduling thing where the Browns play the Ravens twice in a row with the week off in between. Whereas the Ravens had to go play Pittsburgh in this tough game comes down to basically the last play. And we've talked about that a lot here, how this is like maybe a schedule loss spot where the Ravens just it's third division game in a row. Cleveland got the extra rest. It's a home game for the Browns. Do, how much do you think that that weird schedule thing is going to come into play on this game? I think it matters a ton. Look, this is the third straight divisional game. And we all know divisional games,
2: they're really tough matchups. And then not only is it the third divisional game, the, the Ravens are riddled with injuries. Like, I don't, I mean, their injury report, it looks like they're building a hospital. And I, <laughs> I say this a ton, but obviously they lost Marlon Humphreys last week. So even a, a flabby and sick Larry Holmes status, Ben Roethlisberger was able to carve up this defense. And now you got Clarence Campbell, Mr. Practice with the illness. you got Anthony Aver, knee injury. you got defensive back, Anthony L- L- Levine Sr., knee injury. Like, these guys are all banged up. So I, I'm looking at this spot as a spot where the Browns have to win this game. Like, I, I don't see how they, they – like, they just played this team two weeks ago. They probably should have won. And then when you look at the Ravens offense, they haven't cracked 20 and four out of their last – Five games. You got a bad defense. You got a struggling offense. This is the Browns' game to win.
1: Yeah, the scheduling spot definitely concerns me for the Ravens' sake, and I agree. This is this is really, really a big game for Cleveland. Not just for their season, but I think for for like the identity of what this team thinks that it is. That's what worried me about that game two weeks ago, and it's what still worries me a little here for Cleveland. Is both of these teams think that they're the same thing? They think that they're this smash mouth, run the ball, run it down your throat, control the game, win with defense, and get home. And if you watched that game two weeks ago, only one of the teams on the field was that, and it was Baltimore. Baltimore controlled time of possession. Even though they kept giving the possession away every time they could, they still were up like 35, 25 minutes in in time of possession. They ran the ball all game, even with running backs that are off of like Madden 2007 on their roster. And Cleveland couldn't do that. Jack Conklin is out. Their run game, their O-line hasn't been as healthy. And their backups just haven't been you know, matching up that way. And it's there's some key matchups here that I couldn't get past in the last game. And I'm struggling to get past here. Ravens have been number three on success rate the last six weeks defensively by EPA. So I know that the Ravens' pass defense has been beatable. But their top six in run defense and that's the matchup that matters Morgan's Cleveland here. The Browns are bottom five EPA the last six, and the Browns can't get off the field on third down, can't get off the field in the red zone, and that's where a dominant run team like the Ravens could really hurt them. So I'm really torn on this game because it's a huge spot for Cleveland. Like if you can't win this game off a of bye week in the schedule spot against your rival kind of with the season on the line – I think you really have to question your identity. Like, the core of this team, what are we doing here? Is Baker the guy going forward? Despite all that, I still have a hard time getting to the Brown side. I think I'm on the Ravens side here. The way this
2: offense is struggling, I I don't know how you can bet the Ravens at this point. Before last week, they were 6-1 and and in one-score games. Like, I think we're talking about a team that could possibly miss the playoffs if if that continues to regress because they're getting by on smoke and mirrors.
1: I got to play the Browns. And this I think this is the probably the best situational spot you'll ever find in football. As we wrap this up, if the Browns are the play here and if the Browns win this game, that division really goes up in the air then. Because right now, Baltimore is at eight and four. Cleveland's at six and six. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh are stuck in the middle. If Cleveland wins this game, then they're just all smashed together right in the middle there. So right now, Ravens are minus 145 to win the division. The Bengals are plus 250. Cleveland plus 550, and Pittsburgh plus 1,400. If you think Cleveland is winning here, is there a division angle you like in the AFC North here? There's not a divisional angle I personally like at this point. I think all of these teams are pretty much equally matched. I say a lot of crazy things. You know this. I'm going to say something that sounds crazy, even in my head as it's coming out. I think with five weeks left in the season in this division, Joe Burrow's got that bad finger Baker Mayfield has been terrible all year. Lamar Jackson is struggling. Ben Roethlisberger might be the most reliable quarterback in this division down the stretch here, as wild as that seems. And I think it could put Pittsburgh in play. Plus 1,400, it's long odds. So the Steelers are at 6.5 wins. They had that tie, and the tie could come into play. I think you need to get to, for Pittsburgh's sake, 10.5 wins. They need that tie plus 10 wins. It's going to be a tough road, but the last game of the season, it's Pittsburgh at Baltimore. So it could come down to that last game, especially if Baltimore loses here. And by the time that you guys listen to this, Pittsburgh will already have a result Thursday night. They probably need to win in Minnesota for this to be a conversation. But if they get that one, the the Steelers have winnable games coming up. The Ravens still play the Packers. The Browns still play the Packers. Cincinnati still plays Baltimore. The Chiefs, they got the Niners this week, like we talked about really tough schedules for everyone. I don't mind the 1400 for Pittsburgh. If you just want to take kind of a longer shot here. Am I now Larry Holmes status for saying that Big Ben might be the best quarterback in this division? Nah, you're not Larry Holmes status. Pretty clear. He's not the best quarterback in this
2: division, but you said he's the most reliable and that might be the case. I I think the thing with Ben Roethlisberger is he doesn't have a running game. That was the most shocking thing about watching the second half of that Ravens game last week is that they were actually able to dominate and push that defensive line around. Najee Harris was able to do some things. And if they could do that, then I think the Steelers have the receivers and they have the defense to to be able to close out this division. I mean, we all know, we heard the rumors that this could be Ben Roethlisberger's last season. So I think they go all out for him.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I'm really torn here, you know, with the schedule thing. I, I think that that really is a huge factor, but I really do like this matchup for Baltimore. It's part of why... I was a little bit... Part of why I couldn't go all in on Cleveland even back at the start of the season, because I really like this matchup here. At the end of the day, I come back to two trends. And this is why I'm on Baltimore here. Number one, Kevin Stefanski is 1-8 against the spread in the division with the Browns. Only one cover ever in divisional games. You know what that one cover was? There's the blowout against Cincinnati. So here's the other trend that I have to go with. We know that this is billed as this huge historic rivalry. Last 27 Ravens-Browns games... 23 wins by Baltimore. 23 out of 27 won by Baltimore. And 21 of those are by more than a field goal. So the Ravens just own this team and it hasn't been close. I don't trust the Browns. I don't trust Defansky in the division games. I don't trust the Browns against the Ravens. And I can't trust them as a favorite here when we've seen road teams be so good this year in close games. So all of that compels me to have to take the Ravens here. I get it. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's take a look at our week 15 look ahead and get out of here. So look ahead to next weekend. I was going to say look ahead to next Sunday, but I think that you're on a Saturday game next week. So what are you thinking? I'm on the Colts plus one. I'm, I'm probably not going to put this in now just because I would like to
2: see how this market shapes up. I want to see if we're going to get a little bit more Patriots money in the market, but I really like the Colts in this spot. I think they win this game outright. I think the Patriots are being overvalued at this point. They probably should have lost Monday night's game against the Bills. I I, I just think this is a really good spot for the, for the Colts. I think they can do some things against this Patriots team and and cause some problems on defense and offense. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball as long as Carson doesn't turn the ball over. I think they can win this game outright. So I'm looking at the Colts.
1: Yeah. I like that one a lot when you mentioned it. Yeah. This is the spot where it's finally time to fade the Patriots a little bit. We've been looking for that spot and this is a, a good game for it just because of that. Awesome run game. And that's the way to beat, you know, New England. Not with Josh Allen passing it all over them, but with that run game featuring. So I like that spot for Indy. I've been debating for my pick. I thought about going with the Eagles at home against Washington. Similar logic to what we said earlier. I just think Washington is not as good as they've looked and maybe could get a little bit exposed this weekend. Uh, if they don't, though, this line maybe doesn't move. It's at two and a half to Philly. I like that one. Instead, I'm going to go with Denver at home, laying three as the underdog to the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's kind of back to what we said about the Bengals. I, I just think that Cincinnati is not as good as people think they are right now. I don't think the Bengals are necessarily a playoff team. And if Cincinnati gets dominated by the Niners, like we expect that they might, Denver is playing the Lions. Denver should probably get a pretty comfortable looking win. It's a home game in Denver where it's always a tough home field advantage. Teddy has been Teddy covers. He he likes to get these games. I think this is a pretty even matchup. And I'm not sure the Broncos aren't a slightly better team here. Kind of a playoff feel to this game. So that's where home field really should matter in December in Denver. And I like the Broncos here. So I'm going to grab it at plus three because I don't know if that spot is going to be around after we get to Sunday. And I want to get that key number and get the underdog spot. Yeah. I'm not mad at that at all. Looking forward to this weekend and next week. So make sure you get your bets in early. All right. Well, we did four games for you. We are together on the Niners and the Cowboys, a little nineties throwback energy on Niners Cowboys. So bet those teams. And then we are head to head on the Ravens Browns game. And on the big one, the Bucks bills game. So we'll see Sunday how those play out. I have a feeling these might be the games we come back to Sunday night when we record for you guys on Monday. That's going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast for Strong Side Friday. Don't forget to get the app and rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. If you haven't, check out Stucky and Raybon's six-pack and Raheem and I are back first thing Monday with a recap of the weekend. Thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend.